0: Okay, good morning everyone. Shalom okay. Aleichem, Aferch, and Chanukah. to the Kallal of Dupirka. We started off in the Queens branch, but now this is Agadaperka National. Is that Reb Chaim over? Reb Chaim Fuhrer, thank you for joining today. Um, we're going to speak about a subject uh, relevant to the Yom Tif of Chanukah. Um, and I'm going to tell you a question you probably never heard before. You ready for this one? Can't imagine you you've ever. Out, excuse me, are you sending out to the Makoros to those people who need it? Oh, so it was sent out to Agra de Pirka. Okay. okay, fine. Um, well, let me, Okay. Oh, that's okay. I'm not looking to do it, but I'm happy to help you. I that. forgot to send to you. Okay, sorry. sorry. Um, Okay, so we're going to share with you a question today that. Um, perhaps you've never heard before. You ever hear this question? The Hashemunah came into the Beis HaMikdash and they could not find any pure oil and they found one flask of oil that was enough to last for one night and miraculously, lo and behold, it lasted for eight nights. So you know who asked this question? This is the question of the Beis Yosef. I can't imagine that you ever heard this question before. The Beis Yosef asks, why did they establish eight days of Hanukkah if they had enough oil to last for one night, so the first night was not a miracle? I'm sure you never heard that question before. right? This is the, fa- the famous question that is attributed to the Beis Yosef. So, Rav Yisrael is showing the Sefer Ner Lamea of Rav Zelzer, who wrote a hundred answers to that question of the Beis Yosef. And in recent times, someone published a Sefer with 500 answers (laughs) to the Beis Yosef's Kasha. Um, Actually, this was not even the Beis Yosef's Kasha. This question was already brought in the the Rishonim, the Me'iri, the Sefer Ha'eshkoel. But this is the question attributed to the Beis Yosef. What I would like to do today is to investigate one particular answer that is uh, given. This is an answer that's also quite well-known and famous, and I would like to dig a little bit deeper. Okay, if anyone doesn't have the Mar um, it's up on the screen on the Zoom, so you could join Zoom if you're listening on the phone. You could go to rabbidg.com, and through there you could join in the Zoom. Uh, I usually send the Maramakoimois through Mois to Rabbi Moskowitz. I forgot to do that this week. Agra the Pirka has it, but in the future uh, you'll be able to get it both ways. Uh, that's the question of the Beis Yosef. So I want to share with you the answer of the Altar of Kelm, Reb Simcha Zisul Ziv, the Altar of Kelm, who gives his own answer to this question. Of course, we know the Beis Yosef gives three famous answers. Either they divided the oil into eight parts, and therefore every night was a miracle. And uh, the question on that approach is, well, how could they divide it into eight parts? That means the first night they relied on a miracle, in en- Insayimchan al Anis or when they poured the oil out of the flask into the menorah, the flask remained full, or when they poured it into the menorah and it burnt, it, did, it was not consumed on the first night. Those are the three answers of the Beis Yosef. There are many, many famous answers to that question. Last night I happened to see, Ritzvi Pesach Frank says that the reason they weren't Masake in Hanukkah for seven days is because then somebody may make a menorah of seven branches and you're not allowed to make a replica of the Menorah of the base Hamikdash. So let's examine the answer of the Altar of Kelm. This might even be the most famous answer to this question. And upon further analysis, uh, it's hard to understand how this answer um, is a, a, a plausible approach to answer the Beis Yosef's question. Says the Altar of Kelm. He says Va'Agav He says in the uh, Sefer Chachmo Moser Sim and He says the Beis Yosef asks. If there's enough oil to last for one night, how could it, um, and it lasts for eight, so then only seven days were miraculous, and says the Alter of Kelm, the Tirates, Masha Tirates. He answers what he answers! Well, says the Altar of Kelm, there are uh, 70 Panam Shivan Panam Latora, gamma onoichi and Chelki b'p'shutai. I'm gonna give a very simple answer, and basically the Altar of Kelm famously says that The miracle of Hanukkah in oil, this is not anything new. What's so special? That oil lit for eight days? Okay. The same God that says that oil should burn for one day could also say that it should burn an additional seven days. Is that more difficult for the Creator? Is it harder? Does it require more strenuous effort? The answer is no. For God, there's absolutely no difference at all whether it burns for one day or if it burns for eight days. The difference is for the ob- observer. The observer is not moved, is not inspired when it burns for one day, one day because we're used to it. We're accustomed to it. And therefore, we're not in this spoil. But if we see a davar khadash, we see something new, something that was only supposed to burn for one day and it burns an extra seven days, so... Um, that is something unusual, that is something moving, that is something that elicits a certain emotional response. The altar of Kam it. it's like you're being Macabal, Pnei HaShchina. And therefore, there were Masake. Not only do we make a bracha on the final seven days, but we make a bracha on the first day, because through the seven additional days of the Ne'er burning, we come to recognize that the first day is equally miraculous. In other words, what we call Teva, what we call the mask, the guise, the disguise of Teva is equally miraculous. And the altar of Kelm cites the famous Gemara Masech, the Tainis Daf Chavhei, that one particular Erev Shabbos, Ben Hashemashos, Rabbi Chanina Ben saw his daughter was sad. Chad beishimsha chazi lebarte da havasat Siva. Amar lo biti lamayatzivas. What are you so sad about? Amar leish she said klishe sholchem is I lit the wrong fuel. I lit vinegar instead of oil. It's going to go out. So Rabbi Chanina Ben famously said biti ma What's the nafka What's the difference? Mishal amar l'shemen feyidlike who yoyimar l'chemitz like. The same God who says that oil should burn, He can make vinegar burn. Is there any difference? Is there any nafgamina? Do you really think it's a bigger miracle for vinegar to burn than for oil to burn? And therefore, the miracle of the first day of Hanukkah is the simple recognition that oil burns, period. I am sure we all heard this approach. This is probably the go-to answer to the question of the Beis Yosef this answer was first given by Reb Simcha Ziso, the altar of Kelm and Reb Moshe Feinstein in the Darash Moshe he basically offers the same approach Reb Moshe starts with the following question in the Alanisim we say V'achar kein ledvir besecha ufinu azhechalecha v'hidliku neirois v'chatsrois kachecha they lit candles Says Moshe. that's the miracle of Hanukkah? That they lit Nerois? Are you kidding me? Who wrote this al <laughs> Why didn't the, by the way, who did write the al Alanisim is written by Yoichanan Kayengadal. Yoichanan has, is Gematria 125, there are 125 words in al or, um, either, what, either 124 words in al Gematria Yochanan, or 125, one more than the numerical value of Yoichanan. Why didn't Yochanan hidliku Gadol write, echad, hidliku Why does he just say, That's the miracle that they lit a candle? We know the story. The story is, they only found enough oil for one night, and it lasted for eight nights. Why didn't Yochanan Kohen Gadol write about the miracle? And Rav Moshe says, the famous approach that we just articulated that why is Hanukkah eight days? It should only be seven days. And Ramosha says, really, the celebration of the first day is a celebration that oil burns, period. Is that any less miraculous than it burning an additional seven days? So we have to thank Hashem not only that the oil lasts another seven days, but that God created the phenomenon that oil burns, period. We What we take for granted, what we're used to, all the miraculous phenomenon that we're not we're not moved by because we're used to it. We have to stop, pause, and think. You know, I'm thirsty now, so I'm going to drink water. Water. How does water hydrate me? If I'm thirsty and I drink hydrogen, it's not going to do the trick. If I if I drink oxygen, it's not going to do the trick. If I double the hydrogen intake to the oxygen, it ain't going to do the trick. Two gases are not going to hydrate. So somehow the master chemist is able to fuse together these two gases of hydrogen and oxygen and produce, oxi- uh, um, produce water, that's a miracle on par with oil lasting an additional seven days. So the additional seven days cause us to appreciate the etzem phenomenon that oil burns, period. And therefore, says Reb Moshe, if the Alanisim would say that they lit candles for an additional seven days, you would think the miracle was only seven days. But therefore, the Yohan Kaingada wrote, V'hidliku The miracle is that Nerois burn, per um, period. The miracle is that oil burns. The phenomenon of fuel burning is an equal miracle, and therefore, uh, it was formulated, V'hidliku Says of David Cohen, Rashiva of Chevron. Now we understand the phrase in the Pismain, Yevanim Nigvat Zualai. We say Yevanim Nigvat Zualai. Uminoisa Kan Kanim, Nasa Neis LaShoshanim. Bnei Ivina, people of understanding. Yemei eight days. kavu Onanim. What exactly do you need Bina for? Why are we invoking Bina? Bina means, To understand one thing from something else. It's not Chachma. Chachma is the piece of information. Bina is extrapolating based on what we know to figure out something else. Why was Bina needed to establish eight days? Why is Bina even being invoked over here? It says Rav David Kayin, Shlita, based on the altar of Kelm, that the reason why Hanukkah is eight days is through the miraculous burning of the final seven days, we figured out that not only are the final seven days miraculous, but the actual phenomenon that oil burns, that's equally miraculous. So they were, that from the last seven days, they were mavin that the first day was also a miracle. And therefore, Children of Bina, Masters of Bina, Yemei Shmoina, eight days, Kavushir, Urenanim, says of David Koyin, in his incredible Sefer, Yemei Chanukah. Marv Raboisai, here's the million-dollar question. Do you like this answer to the Beis Yosef's question? Do you think this is a valid answer to the Beis Yosef's question? At first glance, This answer does not seem to be reasonable, plausible, or really be possible or logical in any sense. How could you give such an answer? Oh, you know why? There's an eighth day of Hanukkah! Seven for the miracle, and one for the fact that oil burns. Guess what? I've just found out a way to add a day to every single tov. You know, Sukkot, God miraculously put us in a cloud of glory. But we should have another day of succus because clouds are a miracle. You think clouds are, you just take them for granted. No. Do you understand how miraculous clouds are? You see, you have all this water in the ocean and you can't drink any of it because there's salt in it. When Christopher Columbus set sail to America, their slogan was, water, water everywhere, and not an ounce to drink. So how do you, you, you have to desalinate the water? Oh, so God, you know what He does? He takes this big fire. It's 93 million miles away from the planet. And he shoots the fire down at a speed of 186,000 miles per second. And it heats up the water and it turns into water vapor. And water vapor is lighter than the air. And the water vapor rises up. And then in the cool temperature, it condenses and it turns into a cloud. So I just figured out a way how to make Sukkos. Nine days in Chutzaret, ten days in Chutzaret, eight days for the miracle of Anani, and an extra day for the miracle of clouds. Do we do that? No, we don't do that. I just figured out a way to make um, the Yom Tif of Pesach an extra day. A seven days for the splitting of the sea, and the eighth day for the fact that there's a sea altogether. I mean, what kind of answer is this? We're adding on a day for nature, so what does it got to do with Hanukkah? Why do we tack it on to Hanukkah? We could do this to every single miracle that we celebrate. Celebrate the miracle, and the miracle should be revealed to us that nature itself is miraculous. I mean, it's a very interesting chap. It's a good chap. It's a true principle. But what in the world? Does it got to do with Hanukkah? All of a sudden, Hanukkah time, we're celebrating nature it's Nature Celebration Day. We could do that any day. I mean, why do we wake up one time a year, Chanukah, and celebrate seven days for the miraculous burning of the oil and one day that oil burns, Shkoyach. So, so now let's do that to every single Yom Tov. But what does it have to do with the Yom Tov of Chanukah? I think that's um, a very basic question, a question any intelligent person should ask. This is a very nice answer the author of Kelm but it does not seem to have anything to do with Hanukkah per se. B'nei Vina, Yemei shmayna. why didn't the B'nei Vina come along and tack on a day to every single Yom So let's begin with the comments of Tikkun Zayar. Just the executive summary, we know there's a concept in Jewish thought, in Machshev Israel Yisrael, that there are ten spheroids ten mystical emanations, if you were. Now this is a very difficult subject to explain. Many Achroinim were against speaking about it because in a way it's giving a certain entity to God in HaKadosh Baruch Hu Guf LaYasigei HaMasigei HaGuf But nevertheless, this is a concept alluded to in Shas, for example, the Gemaran Chagiga, that says, The Gemaran Chagiga quotes Mishnah Navois, and the Marsha says that the Asora Mamorish and Nivra Ha'olam is a reference to the ten spheroids, which are Chachma, Bina, and Das, or, Chachma, um, Bina, and Das, and followed by Chesed, Gavura, Teferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yisoid, Machos. These are the ten spheroids. The eighth Sphera says Tikkun Zayar, Temina Behoida. The eighth one is haidah, gratitude. Ube hava meshabeach David. With that, David praised Hashem. Haidul Hashem. V'dah haid vaday. This is certainly haid. Lam natsach haidu behind Rami's and natsach vahaid. In the words lam natsach and haidu are marumas the fourth sfera natsach, the fifth sfera, or the seventh and the eighth natsach and haid. And these are miraculous. Ube shabeach Moshe oz, with the Sfira of Hoid, Moshe sang the the shira az yashir oz. This is what it means. Oz yashir Moisha. Oz is eight because of Hoid. Moshe gave shira, and they correspond to the eighth day, uh, eighth days of Mila, and then the Tikkun says the Ihu Hoid. This Sephira of Hayd Temanya Yonmei de Chanukah, are the eight days of Chanukah. So obviously this is a very lofty concept. Let's try to assimilate it based on our capacity. There are ten Sephira. Each Sephira is corresponding to one of the great Avais HaOlam, one of the seven uh, Ushpizin: Avraham is Chesed, Yitzchak is Gvura, Yaakov is Tiferes, Moshe is Netzach, Aaron is Hoyd. Yosef is Yisoid, David is Machos. But there's a- another concept that the Yamim Tovim correspond to the Svirois. Chanukah, the Zayar says, corresponds to Hoyd. What does it mean it corresponds to Hoid? The Chaim Friedlander basically explains that the Hanhaga of Hoyd is intertwined and comes to expression and fruition on Chanukah. So there's a specific connection between Hoyd and Chanukah comes the Chidah, the Chidah in the Sefer, and the Chidah says, that in the name of the Beish Shmuel, um, the sheets are a little bit out of order here, we go to page 2, he quotes the Beish the Shmuel, that the reason why Chanukah is 8 days, is because the Sphira of Hoid is the 8th Sphira, namely chesed, um, namely Chachma, Bina, Da'as, ch- Chesed, Gevura, Tepharas, Netzach Hoid, Hoid is the eighth Sphera. It corresponds to the eight days of Hanukkah. So there's a specific connection between Hoid and Chanukah. That's why Chanukah is eight days. Another interesting thing we see is that the Gemara and Brachos Darshan's the pasuk L'cha Hashem Agdula V'Agvur V'Atversa Nitzvah Hoid. The Gemara Brachos darshens refers to the war against Nachal Arnoin when we sang. Shira of Ta takadersh baruch. So there's a connection between the Sphira of Hoid and the Midah and gratitude takadersh baruch. Likewise, the Shla other says that there are two good buddies. These two good buddies are Chanuka and Purim. Chanuka is Hoid, and Purim is Netzach. Right. That's why Chanuka is connected Aray and Purim is connected Moshe Purim is the day we were Makabal the Torah. Purim is the day that Moshe Rabbeinu had his bris mila. Moshe was born on Zayin Adar. His mila was on Purim. Memela, that's why in Purim we say, Chuasam ha-Yisa la So Purim is Netzach and Chanukah is Hoid. That is why Hanukkah is eight days. Hoyd is the eighth midah. Let's try to translate the word Hoid And to be able to to translate this properly, we have to go to the all-time greatest expert in the nuances of Lashon HaKodesh, namely, the Malbim. As opposed to other Achroinim, who say there's something called Shemois HaNerdafim, Shemois HaNerdafim are synonyms, the Malbim is of the opinion there are no synonyms. Every Hebrew word has a specific nuance and connotation. There are no synonyms. And therefore the Malbum throughout Tanakh explains the difference between Chazak ve'ematz. The Malbum explains the difference between many similar expressions. And in fact he wrote a whole lexicon on uh, this subject called Sefer HaKarmel. And the Malbum in Sefer HaKarmel in at least five places in his writings the Malbom explains the difference between two words that uh, seem to have very similar meanings. Hoid and Hadar. What's the difference between Hoid and Hadar? They seem like they have the exact same meaning. Says the Malva that the word Hadar refers to Yoifi HaChitsayni, external beauty, that is revealed and detectable by the naked eye. How is beauty determined and detected? its shape, its appearance, its texture by outward, external features. A person, his beauty, could sometimes be detected through external qualities, wealth, power, age. So, for example, when we talk about an Esraik, we call it pre-eitz-hadar. An Esraik has external beauty, its shape, its symmetry, its bur- its bumps, these are all features of external beauty. Zikanim could have hadar, hadras Zakanim, Their old age is a expression of external beauty, and therefore we need to show honor to Zekanim. How the hadarta, hadar is a a display of appreciation of external beauty. Yahushua ben Nun was given Hadar. Be'char <speaking in> Hadar <Hebrew> lay Hadar. Yahushua was given Hadar. What was his Hadar? He was a valiant warrior. He went into the land of Canaan and he destroyed 31 kings. He had Hadar. Al tehadar p'nei When you're in a court case, the judge cannot give and afford The judge cannot accord an elder with external honor. (inaudible) Hadar refers to external beauty. The way something appears, looks, its symmetry, its appearance, its muscle tone, its texture. These are all qualities that are measurable, that are finite, that have are objective. Chazal tell us, Hoid was given to Moshe, Hador was given to Yehoshua. If Yehoshua was given Hoid, then nobody could stand; nobody would have been able to stand up to him. Yehoshua was not given Hoid. Moshe Rabbeinu gave some of his Hoid to Yehoshua, and that is why the Malbim explains in Parshas Pinchas that God commanded Moshe Rabbeinu the Nasata Olav give some of your hoid upon Yehoshua. What is hoid? Yehoshua had hadar, he had external beauty, he had majesty, he had. He was a valiant warrior. The answer is, hoid is not external beauty, hoid is internal beauty. Says the Malbim, ha hapnimi, internal beauty. Hanafshi, something, a soul quality. a the Ma'abam says on Parshas Kedoshim, hadar Hu hayofi Fi Ha-Khitsayni, davar Nedar V'minay, Hu hahadar? hadar Malchus, Hadras Chasidim, Ha-Dras Now, hoyd, on the other hand, is referring to internal beauty. Take a look over here, back in the Sefer HaKarmel. Really? Well, have Greece, by... grasp, um, yeah. The kayach hoyd yesh bein hoyd o bein hadar. Hoyd ba al ha inyan ha pni Hoyd refers to internal nice. so quality, what's intrinsic to the item. Ziv panimi, a splendor, a internal splendor, a soul quality. That makes the item beautiful. Surasai hanavshes. This is a, it's um, it's soul image. Baatzmus hadavar, male ruach. Let's say the item is full of spirit, chachma wisdom, bina understanding, anava humility, racham mercy, chemla, sedek, justice, mishpat. These are all internal qualities. Koiches suriyim upnimiyim that are not revealed to the outside. So the difference between height and hadar is hadar is something that looks beautiful. Haid is an internal quality. Now sometimes you can meet someone and they're not objectively good looking. Maybe if you see a picture of them, you don't see anything unusually attractive. There's nothing objectively nice about the appearance. However, upon meeting them, they have a certain quality, a certain chen. Maybe it's their anivas, maybe it's their chachma, chachma Adam Ta'ir panav, where these internal qualities, their justice, their kindness, they cast a certain illumination on the personality of the person where there's this inner splendor that transcends the objective, cold qualities of appearance that this person has. That's hoid. And sometimes a person could be not objectively good-looking. However, their personality, their midas, their internal qualities cause them to have a certain charm because it comes from their soul. Their soul's internal qualities transcends their outer uh, uh, appearance. That's the difference between hoid and and Hadar. And Moshe Rabbeinu was asked by the Rivan alav. I want you to give some of your Hadar to Yehoshua. Don't give all of it. If you give all of it, then Yehoshua will become invincible because he would then have the external Hadar combined with the internal Hadar. By the way, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu never went to war. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't fight wars because he had Hadar. He didn't have Hadar. We don't find somewhere that, Mo- that Moshe was Yefei Tayar, so to speak. He had an internal hoid, which made him beautiful, which made him majestic, but it came from the quality of hoid. Chanukah is the Mida of hoid. Chanukah is the Mida of hoidah. What does hoid have to do with Chanukah? This is very important. The sphera associated with Hanukkah is hoyed. God operates the world on two planes. The world has two dimensions to it. The world has hoyed and the world has hadar. You know what the hadar of the world is? Nature. There's certain phenomenon with which the world operates. There is an ecosystem. There is condensation there is precipitation, there is rain, there is respiration, there is digestion. There are all kinds of phenomenon, and these phenomenon can be measured. These phenomenon can be detected. Somebody could go to the doctor. The doctor could say, "Okay, this is your blood pressure." Someone could go to a medical physician, and they could say, "Okay, you know, you have X amount of time to live. We've determined." that your life capacity is this number of years, your your body is holding on at this state, in this stage, and there are certain phenomenon in life that are measurable, and we think that's how the world actually runs. We think the doctor will say, well, your heart is in this condition, so therefore you have X number of years left, your body is in this state, so therefore your life expectancy is 10 years, 20 years, a day, a month, 50 more years. That is the Hadar of the world. Hadar means the external methodologies and processes which are measurable, calculative, they can be added up, scientific, they're finite. But that is not really how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. Because behind what we call Teva, well behind the Hadar of the world, is the height of the world. And the height of the world is Hashem secretly operates the world, that when a person does mitzvahs, then the world is in a state of well-being, success, that when a person does mitzvahs, the body is healthy. You could go to the doctor, and the doctor won't measure it, and the doctor won't see it, and the doctor won't find it. But the way the internal mechanism and operation of the world is through the process of hoyed. And, as we're going to see, the Ramban says, there is no such thing as teva. Teva is just a mask that doesn't really intrinsically exist. The way the world really exists, is that when a Jew puts on tefillin, there's no famine in the world. There's more rain one second. How does me putting a box on my arm affect the rain cycle? Moreover, when a Jew davens properly, the stock market goes up. When a Jew brings his phone into the base HaKnesses, the stocks go down. That's the reality. When a person talks by davening, it will affect his money. When a person davens properly, he will live a more successful life. When a person speaks kindly to his wife, to his family, he will lead, lead a better life. When a person speaks harshly and critical, his life won't be as good. Say, what, what does one thing have to do with the other? Why, why does my tefillah affect the stock market? Why does, the way, whether I talk or not in the shul, why does it affect whether COVID spreads or not? When Jews act properly, COVID comes to an end. When Jews don't act properly, there are new variants. So what I don't how wh- why is one thing connected with the other? This is the fundamental tenet of Amuna that the Ramban says we don't see it, we can't see it, we can't measure it, we can't calculate it, we can't add it up, but this is what we believe: that the whole world is nisim nistarim affected by the masim of. That is what is called haid the external facade of the world that everybody else thinks the way the world operates is called Hadar. You know who didn't believe in Hadar? In hide? You know, you know who didn't accept hide? The Yavanim. The Yavanim said, you know how we're going to determine a person's value? We're going to look at their physical qualities. If they have good muscle tone and good muscle sculpture and they look beautiful and they look handsome then they must be a good person. The way things look is how they are. Furthermore, Rav Yitzhak Isaac Chover says that, again, the world operates on two planes. Uh, there are two procedures with which the world operates. And Aristo, who was the smartest man who ever lived. The Gra writes, where the wisdom of Aristotle ended, the Chachma of Kabbalah, of the Ramak, began. Where the Chachma of Kabal the Ramak ended, the Chachma of the Arizal began. Aristotle was the greatest Chacham of the disciplines of this world. His Hashkaf HaSachayim is if you can add it and you can measure it and you can weigh it and you can calculate it, then it exists. There are ecosystems. There is respiration because we could measure your heart rate and your breathing capacity. And there is blood type and there is DNA and there are all kinds of phenomenon taking place in the human body because whatever we could measure with a thermometer and under the microscope and anything that's calculable exists. But the supernatural does not exist. If I do an act of chesed to somebody it will not make the world a healthier place to live. It will not Increase my lifespan. If I give charity, it will not save someone from illness. I don't believe in that, Aristotle said. I can't measure it, I can't see it. If I learn Torah, my life won't be better. If I pray, the stocks won't go up. That's not measurable, and therefore it does not exist. Basically, Yavan accepted one hashkafa sachaim. The world has Hadar, the world does not have hide. The world has certain things that you could see. Basically, what you see is what you get. The way a person looks, the way they appear, their body, their shape, their sculptive qualities, that exists, that's significant, that's important. Midois, that's not measurable. Character is not measurable. Divine service is not measurable. And therefore, it doesn't exist. But the Jewish people, from time immemorial, we say the externalities have value if they bring out the internal qualities. We say, listen to this, Dar Hadar Interesting. Hadar Hadar We bring external honor to the internal qualities of character that we recognize in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hadar has value if it's associated with hoyed. The old age of a chacham is valuable if that chacham has chachma. A person's physical beauty is significant if they have nice character. A chacham who is tall and of appearance that has value if it brings out their wisdom and character. Hadar only has value not because we could see it and measure it and detect it. Only if it lends honor and nobility to the Hyed. The main point of dispute between Yavan and Yisrael is that Yavon did not accept anything that's not measurable. Look in the Ramban in Pasha's He says, V'loi <laughs> I can't explain. We need to muzzle those who become wise in nature. Who are drawn after Greek philosophy. The Greeks denied anything except for something that they're able to detect. They were arrogant to suspect, him and his wicked students, that anything you can't see, anything you can't measure, does not exist. Says the Ramban in the Sefer, When the Yavanim arose, they are a nation, they have no tradition of Chachmah. They're not like the Jewish people that we have a tradition going back to Sinai. Therefore, they say, look, if we could add up 50 plus 14, 64, that they believe. We could see the 50 entities, we could see the 14 entities, and we could add it up to 64 entities. Science, we believe. We could take a test tube, we could put it under the microscope, and we could see it, study it, analyze it, appreciate it. But don't tell me that the world operates in a hidden way that people's actions and people's character affect the trage- trajectory or downward trajectory of the world. Don't tell me that COVID spreads or exists in the world because some kind of averos that people may have been doing. No. There was an accident in a laboratory and that's the way, that's why it spread. But nothing more than that. It's not like people's actions or beliefs or behavior or character had anything to do with it. It's not like if we say Tehillim, anything will change. But the Jewish people don't believe that. We believe that our prayers, that our tefillahs change the stock market and the life cycle and the lifespan and people's health and the the global well-being is dependent on our Bein Adam and our Bein Adam How? I understand. I'm sitting in my room. I'm learning an ancient Babylonian text. Why would that affect world finances? Why would that affect COVID-19? I am not speaking to a single scientist. I'm not speaking to any immunologist. Why would my lima da toira put the world in better shape? You're right, that's what the Greeks believe. If you can't see it, if you can't measure it, it's not true. Because they only believe in Hadar. They believe in what you could see. But we believe that Hadar is just a disguise, it's just a mask. Behind the Hadar is an internal, the internal operating force of the world, which is the Yad of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We don't believe the world operates on Hadar. And therefore... If there was ever a yumptive that we should celebrate, not only the miracle that's obvious, that's overt, that we could see with our eye, if there was ever a yumptive to say, well, if the additional seven days of burning is miraculous, then you know what? The, the phenomenon that oil burns is equally miraculous. Of course, the only appropriate time, the most appropriate time to do that would be Chanukah. Chanukah corresponds to the Midah of Hoid. Hoid is celebrating, acknowledging the inner mechanism of the universe. Not only the Hadar, the last seven days are the Hadar. The first day is the Hoid. If Chanukah is the Sphera of Hoid, there is no more appropriate time to celebrate Misha Amar. L'Shem and Sheyad Loik. Yoymer L'Choymed Chanukah is the time that we extrapolate the B'nei Vina, we maven, that if there are open miracles, it's to come to recognize the hidden miracles. By the way, the Oyev Yisrael writes that we know that the Sphera of Hoid corresponds to Aaron and again, that's why Chanukah was uh, associated with the Kaihanim and Aaron because Chanukah is specifically the Midah of hoyd. Now for you Mikubalim out there there is a, a stira that Reb Tzedek HaKoyen asks, namely that Moshe Rabbeinu is also sometimes associated with hoyd We just saw in the Zayar HaKadosh, in the Tikune Zayar, that Moshe sang Ozyashir with uh, the Midah of hoyd which means that Moshe is hoyd and Aaron maybe is Netzach. The truth is like we saw before, the two Midais, Hoid and Netzach, are the two thighs, which, which refer to Chanukah and Purim. So there's a certain degree of flexibility and interchangeability between the spheres of Hoid and Netzach because they correspond to Aaron and Moshe, Chanukah and Purim. In fact, let's think about it. If the spheroids, if Chachma, Bina, and Das, is in the mind, and Chesed Vers is the the body, Hoid and Netzach are sort of outside of the body, they're outside, and the Oye Yisrael says, that's why Chanukah does not have a Masechta, because since it corresponds to Hoid, and of this divine entity, again we have to be very careful, we're not saying HaKadosh Baruch, who has any entity, or any corpiality, or physical uh, component, but this is just the way that we can sort of relate to ha- how Hashem relates to the world. The hoid and netzach are like the two thighs, they're outside of the body, therefore Hanukkah the Yisrael has no um, mesechda. If there was ever a yamtif that could be captured with the probably the most famous words Ramban ever wrote, it would have to be the Yom of Hanukkah. The Ramban, at the end of Parshas boy writes his immortal words. The Ramban says, Min Hanisim From the great and obvious and public miracles, Adam A person will acknowledge the hidden miracles. When you see the splitting of the sea, when you see clouds of glory, when you see plagues in Egypt, we come to recognize, oh, if that's a miracle, then who's pumping my heart? I don't have anyone here um, performing uh, CPA. I don't have anybody here pumping the heart. Who's pumping the heart? Who's causing the lungs to inhale and exhale? Why is that any less miraculous? But we're used to it. So the open miracle jogs our mind and says, you know what? The hidden miracles are equally miraculous. Shehem Kula. The foundation of the Torah is not the open miracle, it's the hidden miracle. A person has no share in the Torah. unless the person believes, that all matters. Umikrainu, everything that happens to us. Kulam Nisim. They're all miraculous. Ain Bahem. Teva. There's no nature. I just happened to meet somebody. I just happened to see something. I just happened to come across the following. There's no nature. Everything is a miracle. Umin hagoi When the stock market goes up, it's a miracle. Now it's your fault. You've made it go up. If the stock market goes down, it's also your fault. There's no happens to be. Bainberabin, both on a natural level, on a on a communal level, yachin or on an individual level. chen If you do mitzvah, things are good in the world. Vim if you violate them, There's punishment in the world. But how? Why do tfilin affect the rain? Why does Torah affect the stock market? Why does tfila affect COVID 19? The answer is, hello, that's what Yavon thought. But we don't believe that. We believe that's what affects it. We, we pull away the veil. The veil is called Teba. The veil is called Hadar. And on the inside, there's a certain inner mechanic of the world. That's called Hoid. Hakol B'gzerazelyan. What's the connection between hayd hoed and Hoida? What's this got to do with gratitude? What's this got to do with gratitude? Very simple. You know why we don't have gratitude? Why should I have gratitude? I took a job that makes $100,000 a year. That's what the boss told me. And I did the job for a year. And I made $100,000. So who do I have to be grateful for? Why should I be grateful? Because my corn uh, grew I planted corn, so of course the crew, the the corn grew. Why well, should be grateful? Because I have children. I got married, and that's what happens when you get married. You have children. What do I need to be grateful for? There's certain processes that the world works with, and I tapped into those processes. So therefore, I deserve the outcome. I should be grateful that I'm alive. Why well, should be grateful? My parents had me, and when you have, so when you bring someone to the world, they live because we. Have been affected by hadar. We see the way things look on the outside. On the outside, it looks like when you get married, um, you automatically have children. The phone line went down. But when you uh, when you get married, it looks like you automatically have children. But that's not the case. Doesn't have to be. Having children is a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. You think because you go to work, you make money. When you go to work, you're just like you're like a pup. you're just like going through motions. but the money comes down and I am like the man. You think that because you planted, automatically things will grow. Planting is just going through the motions. The growth is an absolute miracle. Oh, it's a miracle. and I might not get it and I'm only getting it from the good graces of the Almighty, of course I have to be grateful to Atalish Baruch In a world of Hadar, ingratitude abounds, because we take everything for granted. Our whole life we take for granted. Of course I'm going to wake up in the morning, and I'm going to breathe, and my heart is going to beat, and I'll be able to walk, and I'll remember what I need to do. In a word of Hadar, what do I have to be grateful for? But if we, th- if we pull away the mask, and we pull away the veil... And we recognize that every single thing that transpires in this world is an outright miracle. That the seven days that the menorah burnt is not any more miraculous than the first day. That's when gratitude happens. Hoydah is utterly dependent on the sphere of Hoyd. When you accept, when you rely on the external phenomenon that we take for granted, then we're ungrateful. But when we recognize everything in this world is an absolute miracle from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there are no phenomena. There are no rules of the universe. That's just the way Hashem would like us to see it. That's when we're able to have to Hashem. We can't take for granted that when we come home at night, we have a bed to sleep on. That's a miracle that we have a bed to sleep on. It's a miracle that we have a pillow. It's a miracle that you have a toothbrush. It's a miracle that you could walk to shul in the morning. It's a miracle that you remember where you're supposed to sit in the shul. It's a miracle that God gave you the, remember, the ability to remember not to bring your cell phone into the Beis HaKnesset. That's also a miracle. That Hashem gave you the z'chus to actually not bring it in. All of these things are miraculous. And that's why Hanukkah is the Yom Tif of L'Hoy because it's dependent on the Midah of Hoid. Hoid is the eighth Svira, There are eight days of Hanukkah. And therefore, when the altar of Kelman, moshe Feinstein says, seven days for the miracle, one day for nature, it's not some random thing. Let's tack on another day to Hanukkah. Well, so why don't we tack on another day to any Yomta? If the answer is that's the essence of the essential character of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the Midah of Hoid, recognizing that there's no Teva, everything is Nisim, the Ain Lanu Khalek Belake Yisrael Uvataras Moisha Ad Sha Namin Shekold Varenu Umukreinu Kulam Nisim Ain Bahem Teva Umanhagashalam. Thank you everyone for listening. Wish everybody Failak and Khanaka. If anybody wants to get a hold of the safer, Alakadameini, in honor of the upcoming yard site a Rameir Balanes, which is Shabiz Khanaka. You could go to our site, RabbiDG.com. They're now on sale with free shipping. Uh, Bez Hashem, the next safer, is being prepared for publication on Purim in English for school If anybody wants to be meshdatif in that publication, please let us know. Wishing everyone a fail Chanukah. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. <laughs> Kol Torah. Thank you. Rebid, <laughs>